Invariably, every year we have this happen on our team. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today I'm joined by Bob Kelly, and this one is going to be near and dear to my heart because he is out of the Philadelphia area, more specifically out of Ardmore. He has been in the business since 2004, and last 12 months, he has done over 61 mil in volume, over 169 transactions. He's got a team that he's building, and the topics that we're going to cover are going to be nothing less than the best, because today we're going to be talking about being of service to your sphere, leads, and team members. We're also going to be talking about working your leads and going for no, which is one of those things that we are, as agents, afraid to do, and then the importance of scheduling and embracing the chaos of real estate. Bob, super excited to have you on. Are you ready for the show, my friend? Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Dude, it's I'm I'm, I'm so excited. We got chatting off air, and there's just so much, so much vibe, so much synchronicity here. Um, but before we dive in, unpack the topics, give the audience a little bit of context of how did you even get started in real estate. So it's uh, 2004. My wife and I uh, in 03 were home shopping. We're driving our real estate agent nuts. We're the worst clients of all time. And uh, the market's scorching hot, sort of like what it was the last two years. We, I think, fired off offers on maybe nine or 10 properties, didn't go there. And of course, she's like, oh, you'd be great in real estate. Prior to that, I worked for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News, big papers here, and figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. And uh, I'm still waiting to figure out what I want to do. You know, that's, I feel like real estate is like one of those things that no matter what your background is, no matter what you think you're going to do, it's it's you can come into this, have very little to no skin in the game, very little education, and you can make an absurd amount of money and more money than you've probably ever seen in your life. And it's just a couple hundred bucks to get going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of I know a lot of people say like a lot of people fail into real estate. Um, and that's true to some extent. But I think the the people who truly get into it and truly want to make money, they they love the flexibility. They're willing to bet on themselves for a bigger payout and not be kind of trapped and confined to an office for 40 hours a week. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you, I know this is a long shot, but do you remember what your first year in real estate looked like? Yeah, it actually was was pretty great for a first year agent. I think I was like 85,000 in GCI or something. Um, my very first day in real estate. I was at an office, great company, Central 21 Alliance. It was later on bought by another company, Long & Foster. They had nighttime uh, floor time. So from from like six to eight, I was on floor. I didn't have a login. What is even floor time? Floor Floor time would be an agent with any calls. Yeah. Any calls that would come in would go to that agent. It'd be almost like working at like a car dealership. Like somebody walks on the lot, any calls that come in, would go to that agent if, if they needed service. So I'm there six to eight and uh, a couple walks into the office that would never happen today. 
They wanted to talk to an agent about listing their home. I don't have a login for the contract software. I don't have a login for the MLS. There's a great agent in the office. He kind of prints some stuff out, helps me out. I list their house. Um, it sells, you know, whatever, 50, 60 days later, settlement, I get paid. And I literally thought that was the job. Like I come in here, I hang out for two hours, somebody walks in and then like 50, 60 days, I'll make some money. And it's just, obviously that's not the job. <laughs> How much of a rude awakening was that? Um, it was pretty rude, right? So like as the transactions got harder and you realize there was much more work involved and, and uh, how serious it is at times. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you, you didn't kind of, you kind of like blissful ignorance. You, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So then as far as the number of transactions, you had that one deal come in floor time. How many deals did you get from floor time? Was that your only way of prospecting? Did you do other things or? No, I, when I started, I was lucky. I mean, I had, you know, I think a lot of people who open a small business or real estate agents specifically, you know, we're, we're kind of nothing without our friends and family. And my friends were, are, you know, I still have my, my best friends or guys that I grew up with. One, one of my best friends I've known since I was five years old. They, as we were getting to the age, we're buying houses, getting engaged, getting married, growing families. They've always supported me, referred me to friends. So, you know, without them, you know, starting me off, I probably wouldn't still be in this. So um, a, a lot, a lot of business from friends and family a little bit from the phone just magically ringing at the office and me not scaring people away. Love it. Yeah. So number of transactions, year one, year two, year three, do you remember? I know it's been mm -hmm. some time. I don't, I don't remember. No. All right. <laughs> I don't remember. So then let's take the recap of the last three years to make things interesting. Yeah. I know last year we did what over 169. Yeah. So last 12 months as of like Monday is 169 transactions and, and just, just under 61 million, 60 million, Perfect. So what about the year before that? And then the year before, before that? that, so we've been steadily growing. So we were like 147. I want to say the year before that it could be off a number or two and maybe like 122, 125, something like that the, the year before that. That's amazing because you're adding on an average of 20, 30 deals per year. What difference are you seeing now versus uh, before where you're able to add? That's a significant number of deals, especially at the volume that you're doing. Yeah. Because you're starting over literally every year. Yeah. It's the, it's the scariest thing and the most fun thing. January 1st and congratulations, you make zero dollars this year. Um, I would say it's, it's, look, it's mostly the team, right? Like, we have guys that have been with us since we started building a team in 2014 and some others have come along. We have agents who just started in the, like the last 90 days. We have agents who were at other brokerages and came over to, to join us. And, um, you know, without, without everyone chipping in, you know, we're, we, you know, we and I aren't talking, I'm just, I'm just the face of it, but you know, some of them it's, they're kind of hitting their peak. Some of them they're getting better. We're outpacing the market the last two years. Obviously, you know, if you're in real estate, your numbers should be up the last two years. This year, I know a lot of people kind of maybe they're down, maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're having tougher years. Kind of split down the middle, right? Depending yeah. on whether you were naive enough to think that this market was going to be as good as good as it has been, or you prepared yourself and you did extra work, right? Yeah, yeah. We all got we all got a little lazy, I guess, after yeah, the, the little bit of extra off. credit starting like April. If you yeah. if you did a little bit of extra credit, then you yeah. zero, then you're somewhat okay. So yeah, we're dealing with inspections again around here. And it's like you, oh wait, I 
I forgot what to do with those. So yeah, right? I quickly remember. <laughs> we forgot how to negotiate the deals, how to put them freaking together and where we actually had to market the shit out of properties to get them sold in a, in a normal time frame of 30 to 60 days, right? Yeah. Yeah. And telling a seller, hey, it's it's okay. Your house has been on the market for 72 hours and, and the sky isn't falling. Like it, we can still sell it on day 10. It's going to be all right. Yeah, I love it. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. Um, I think this is a nice segue to roll us into topic number one, which is being okay. of service to your sphere leads, team members, and most importantly, your clients. So let's unpack that. Let's dive in a little bit. I mean, you just said something very key is... is servicing your clients and letting them know that it is freaking okay. It's okay for them not to sell the house in 72 hours. So let's unpack it. Sure. Sure. Like the being of service. So there's a, um, it's a great documentary years ago uh, on HBO with, with Dr. Dre, the rapper and Jimmy Iovine, who's a great music producer. It's called Defiant Ones. Jimmy Iovine's great guy. He started all these businesses and everything else. And he always talked about, being how he made it in the music industry, which obviously has nothing to do with real estate, was being of service to those people. He came in, he was just, you know, young kid from Brooklyn, had no no skill, no nothing. And he was just there for them. And um, I always love that concept because it, it we when you're meeting with the seller, let's just talk about sellers, meeting with sellers for their home. Yes, we're doing some of the same things for every seller, but it matters that we have that experience, but what cares is what, what am I doing for your house? Your yeah. house is what matters. And, and so if that, that is, Hey, you know, maybe it's best to list your house before Thanksgiving weekend, but you have family coming in this or that, and that's going to cause too much stress that that's okay. Like we're still going to like the world, the, the, the real estate market doesn't close. Like it'll be, it, it'll all be okay. So that's a good way for you to say it'll all be okay. You know what? It's funny you bring up Thanksgiving weekend because a lot of agents end up taking off that whole week. Yeah. And last year, I ended up putting a lot of deals on the contract. I think I had three go on their contract, literally Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. I remember instead of going out with my friends to the pub um, and just, you know, dicking about or maybe yeah. taking my kids to the park, we stayed in. We stayed in. We just did like a nice quick little dinner, nothing crazy because Thanksgiving, I ended up I ended up taking off and then spending some time with family on Black Friday. But I was writing a contract at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, calling the agent, hounding them to get that signature on that piece of paper because I knew I wasn't going to get it on Thursday. Right, right. And I remember getting my last deal at like 9.30 or like 9.45 at night. It was very late. Right. The kids were already in bed. My wife and I we were watching a movie. I remember getting that contract. I had three go on their contract that weekend. And then yeah. I remember getting extensions and pushing the effective dates because nobody could fucking do the inspections on Friday or Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like That's my true. five day, seven day inspections ended up being at least 10 day inspections because everything got pushed to Monday. Yeah. 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 And I also think what happens a lot of times at Thanksgiving, you know, for, for the families that get together, the big, <clears throat> the big families, you know, you're seeing the cousin you haven't seen, or you're seeing like your brother-in-law who's maybe a pain in the ass, maybe not. And invariably every year we have this happen on our team. 
one of our clients who's maybe on the fence or maybe has been looking or in this year, maybe the rates slowed them down. They go to Thanksgiving dinner, they see the cousin and, and the cousin, Oh, I bought a house. I, I did this. And they're like that, that moron bought a house. Okay. Then, then let's get our shit together and go, go shopping. Right. And I feel like that happens every year to us, every year around the holidays. It's like the positive peer pressure, right? Yes. And, and, and being able to navigate that. I think being of service is so critical to what we do, because if we are coming into this business, just thinking about the commission and the deals, you can never service the people the right way. Genuinely. You never really have their best interests at heart when you're just yep. looking at the commission. I remember being in a car last week with one of my clients and they're like, Pete, which house would you pick? And I'm like, this is the house that I would go with, but here's why. Here's the house that would pick for you. And here's why. And they're like, which, which house do you get paid more on? I'm like, actually, I don't know. Cause I, I don't give a shit which house I get paid right. more on because right. you're, you're asking me for my guidance. So I'm not concerned and believe it or not, I was like, you know what guys, just to kind of show you really what I'm, what, what I mean by that, I said, here's my private MLS sheet. Look at the price. Look at. So I ended up recommending a house to them that was cheaper. And the commission was instead of 3%, 2%. Yeah. Not knowing. I, I knew the houses were cheaper, but they're, you know, at the end of the day, 25 or 50 grand on the commission. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not substantial enough where I'm going to quote unquote sway. And we're talking about what? 250, 500 bucks, give or yeah, take. Yeah. Whatever. But they did the math, and you're like, your advice is costing you about 7,500 to like eight grand. And I'm like, my advice to you is me investing 7,500 to eight grand into you guys because I'm playing long term because commissions will come. Yeah. Because, because I'm really coming from this place of contribution and service. Yep. That I am going to recommend what's best for you. And ultimately, that's how you win the game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not surprised you're doing 61 million, 169 transactions. Is because from the place that you're coming from, the the commissions are going to come. Yeah, yeah, and that and look, the, you have, it, it's a business transaction. So when you're meeting with the seller, they're paying the commission. You, you have to talk about the commission. Th that's it. They don't want to. They don't want to hear about it. That's the last thing that they want to talk about. They know that they're paying you. They hope that you're doing a great job, mm -hmm. and. And you should be presenting that as a value, but that's the last thing you should. I've, I've, I have a similar story. I have a, a great guy who's a friend, friend of a friend, and um, we're we're under contract. It's maybe five or six years ago, and he's buying a house that's flipped, and there's a couple of repairs that need to be made. Huh. And the contractor said a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Contractor screwing around, screwing around, screwing around. So we extend, we extend. In the meantime, this guy gets an offer for a job in Virginia, that's sort of a dream job for him. So he calls me up and we're going back and forth. And he's like, look, you know, just find me some rental cops. Maybe we'll run it out for a year. Hope the market goes up and we'll unload it, but I have to take this job. And I said, well, why don't we just terminate the contract? If they don't have the repairs done in two days or whatever the timeline was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, he says, dude, you're, you've been working with us for months. Like you're, you're going, you're going to get nothing. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's okay. It's like the best thing for you. Also, like, you know, I'm doing enough business where I'm not living or dying by one deal. So I'm not like clouded yes. by that judgment. I know some agents can be, but he's referred me, I don't know, three, three, four, five deals in the last couple of years. I mean, it's like, 
you know, if you just do what's best for the client and best for the relationship with them, the money will almost always follow. The people who are pigs about money, you know, they end up getting slaughtered in this business more, more, more often than not. For for anybody that's listening, I think context is king and, and it's pretty much everything. Um, how did you arrive at the place that you're currently at by knowing you don't have to close that deal and then you're going to be okay? It's that place of abundance, right? Like it didn't happen overnight. Like we all have to pay our bills somehow. But how yep. do you get to that place where you're like, I don't need to close this. I don't need to sell this. I can do what's best for my clients. Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a pretty unique answer to that. That I that like agents and and friends of mine have heard this, and a couple of agents on the team who I'm tight with know this. So, as I was getting into real estate, also I was playing a lot of poker for a living, like a lot. Ooh, that's <laughs> and that's how I bought my first oh, house and, and kind of bought my second house. And that meant, I always say that's the only skill set I really have. Um, in life. Like if, if, if there was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, I can, you know, we can go sit down at the poker table. I can get us some money hopefully. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on. But in that, you know, you're making decisions, the money's just inventory. And if you were looking at it as that's 500 bucks and I need 500 bucks to pay my rent, you're, you're done, you're cooked. And it's not a total one-for-one crossover with real estate, but the commission is, is the byproduct of taking care of the clients first. And if, and if I actually feel like if you don't view it that way, it's not impossible to be successful, but it's, it's a lot harder. You know, you, we all know those agents and teams that kind of burn and churn through clients. You don't want that. You want to do a good job for clients. You want them telling their friends and family and coworkers that, Hey, give this guy, Peter was great. Give Peter a call. He's awesome. You think about buying a house, give him a call. And that's, that's you just have to do the right thing. So, so the mentality for that. So, uh, however you want to say that, uh, viewing the money as inventory, uh, maybe a little lack of respect for the money because you know, coming in and out in, in bigger chunks uh, at that time in my life um, made it a little bit easier for me, maybe than some, some other people. Yeah, I, I think you made a very, very good point where it says a lot of people churn and burn clients. Yeah. They invest into the relationship. Yeah. And that's why they, when things get tough, like we've been seeing in the market, they, they get out. They yeah. can't stand the heat in the kitchen because now all the bad shit, all the 100K appraisal gaps for these houses yeah. that they've persuaded their clients to fucking take yep. are catching up to them. Yeah. So now yeah. when the market's turning, these buyers are sitting in their house and they're like, yep, I'm 50K down. Yeah. And they're like, yep. And the elevator continues to go down. <laughs> that fucker, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one that got me into this situation. Yeah. And that was that was the 08 and 09, right? They, they got yeah. us up to the house in 06. And you got to sell in 08. And it's, you know, and it's and it's down. You're down 15%. You know, a little bit more protected here in, in the Philly area than some other parts of the country. But, you know, he's down and he's showing up in the shiny new truck. And you know, he's rolling up and yes, brand yeah. new car, brand new whip, rolling on the road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's where the commissions went. Yeah, 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 for sure. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below.